Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like this show, if you like what you're hearing, give us the five-star review. And you should head over to abcboxing.com to read the criteria, because we're going to be talking about judging in MMA, and you should know what we're talking about. Dan, we've got some interesting rounds to discuss between a couple of uh, MMA events over the weekend. There was PFL on Thursday, which had probably the most uh, unusual card of the whole weekend. We'll get to that momentarily. We'll get to UFC momentarily. But uh, before we even do, I just want to ask you, did you get the chance to see any of Anderson Silva's incredible win over Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. in his boxing return? I saw... The video that Ariel Helwani posted. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, Silva's in the corner and he's doing his typical, you know, Silva. I, th- I think that might have been shared originally by like the Zone or or, okay. or one of the or maybe Fight TV. I think. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't get to watch it live either. I was following along with with uh, rapt attention on social media, and I saw that clip too. And when I saw that clip, I got very excited. It's Anderson Silva, it's hard not be excited about him. You know, I spoke with him obviously before the fight. Mostly because I was just interested in the chance to speak with Anderson Silva. They're like, hey, do you want to talk with him? And I said, well, yeah, why not? Uh, of sure. course. Yeah, you don't pass on that. And you could just tell going into this one, he was just so excited. Like, he, he was almost giddy with the chance that he was going to, to box after all this time. He's he, He's been saying this probably as long as I've been watching the sport. He's been wanting to do it for a long time. He finally gets his chance. It's about time he gets his chance. And then he, you know, like I said, I didn't, I didn't get to watch it, but by all accounts, he thoroughly beat Chavez Jr. That's what I'm reading. I, I, I didn't see it, so I can't really comment. But it seems like it should have been unanimous. Yeah, I mean, even look, stats don't always tell the story. But you looked at the stats of this fight, and you're like, yeah, Silva <laughs> definitely won, especially because it's boxing. Boxing is, is at least a little bit easier to go by straight numbers. Uh yeah, most likely it's it's easier. I'm not yeah. saying it's it's what you do. There are judges for a reason, but yeah, on the whole, you can you can look at what happened in in because the rounds especially are much shorter, and it's a little easier to at least quick glance say, yeah, if you outlanded him by you know almost two times, that's probably the guy who won. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, again, we have we have a lot of eyewitness accounts, people watching this fight. The judges ended up actually giving the decision, although yeah, split, which everyone thought was strange. And, you know, it's boxing, so that makes sense. Um, you know, I'm you know I'm 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 not saying this necessarily like I'm a defender of mixed martial arts judging, but I think I try to present it in an objective way, and I you know you do too. Obviously, this is kind of what our show does. Boxing judging is a little different. Not boxing's saying they don't deserve in, it fair, but you know what I mean. It boxing's is, in a worse shape. I it's think. in a lot worse shape. It always so. seems to be. The sport um, as a whole is in a worse shape. Well, that's true, too. But uh, the fighters make a lot more money. The fighters are in much better shape. <laughs> All right. The, the fighters so. themselves. Yeah. That's why we got Tyler and Woodley going over to box. Is it Jake Paul? I don't remember. Yeah, he's One fighting. He's fighting Jake Paul. Whatever. I mean, at least Jake Paul's fighting someone who has a striking background yeah at least i guess so you know what the worst part is though i could see a way where and i don't want to talk much about jake paul but like i could actually see some realistic scenarios in which jake paul beats tyron woodley just because of the style woodley kind of comes to his striking with at least in mma and obviously boxing is a little different but because it's so different god i just don't know <laughs> that would stink because then there's not the defense of like well it's ben Askren; he's got the worst striking yeah. in mma you know 
Yeah, what can you do? Yeah, it is what it is. But you know, I, and I just, I was, I really just wanted to bring up Silva because I just, it was so awesome to hear that he yeah. finally got that and he won. He was so excited. Uh, I think he could probably do almost anything he wants in boxing now. Uh, I mean, don't put him in front of like Canelo or something like that. But well, no, they're friends. They were hugging after. No, the fight, and I understand so that. I understand. I don't think that, they're gonna. I'm just saying, I don't want him necessarily against like like a killer, not a killer, like, like Kovalev or somebody like this. You know, closer to the what, weight class. What weight this. class was he fighting? At? This was uh, it. The weight was 182. Oh wow, was was the weight? I don't remember exactly where that translates to. I think it's like close to light heavyweight for boxing. Oh, always, the, I'm always screwed up because oh, I, the, I know the I MMA don't care boxing weight Yeah, I don't you care about the, the name. Weight. Just a number. Yeah, it was 182. So he had to cut more than normal. He, he cut a few extra pounds. Okay. What was hilarious, though, is, I don't know if maybe you missed this, but his opponent missed weight, oh, wow. which he has done before at high level. He missed weight uh, against uh, Daniel Jacobs. Do you, you know Daniel? I don't know how much I know the name, yeah. Okay, so Daniel Jacobs, he missed weight against him. Mm-hmm. And in that fight, he actually forfeited a million dollars, one third of his purse, because he missed weight to jacobs and then he ended up losing the fight which he also did here he lost a hundred thousand dollars to silva because he missed weight was, and he was, was coming up in weight by like 10 pounds what so the, he just didn't try did they announce the purses um i i suppose they did i honestly don't know i didn't actually look deep into it but i did see that yes oh, okay. he, he was fine a hundred thousand of okay. that purse so but <laughs> i mean it's crazy like this this uh i'm not i'm not as big a boxing guy but my understanding of Chavez Jr. is that he tends to um, disappoint in the biggest spots possible and in like spectacular ways. Adrian Broner. <laughs> this I think this is probably worse. Okay. And, and, you know, this is not trying to diminish Anderson Silva, but even coming into this fight, knowing the little bit I thought I knew against uh, about Chavez, I was saying, you know what? I'm not going to rule out Anderson Silva even at 46 years old and having not boxed in 15 years. I did 16. hear. I did read something cool, and I was like, that's pretty awesome of Anderson. Supposedly he was supposed to headline. But Chavez Sr. was also on the card. Yes. And he said, there's no way I'm headlining He like, refused to go him. out. I saw that too. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, not sure what where that was attributed to. So That's um, pretty cool. But if, I mean, if true, that is that is cool. Although, why didn't you just say that earlier? I don't know. <laughs> could, Anderson could've, Silva. Could've he does, does weird things. I mean, yeah, he does. He does. He, I mean, he's a genius. And geniuses, you know, they, they think a little differently. But anyway, that that is, uh, I, I think that's probably all we needed to, to spend on non-MMA Especially judging related stuff. Let's let's dive into. Let's go. Let's start with PFL, man. You gotta go PFL. You gotta go with PFL. This was the one that, from a judging standpoint, this is the closest fight that I think we've ever had since we started the show to using the R word. I don't want to say robbery, but you just did. I did just say it because I think no, you know, you know, you might have to say it. You might have. I to. just try not to use the word, but look, I... this was a bad, bad decision to like, give the fight to Glayson Tebow over Rory McDonald in the headliner at PFL on Thursday night. I, I think this was the bad call. There was a wrong call in this fight. The wrong, wrong guy won. Wrong fighter won. Wrong fighter won. Glayson Tebow won here. He didn't actually win the fight. We don't say that on this show. I think that this is the time we have to say it. I really do. Affected the, the standings, the playoff seedings. Right. I mean, realistically, it costs somebody money and money too. You well, know, yeah, that, I mean, that's the most. That's that's where I look at it. Like, it. Honestly, it doesn't actually impact Rory McDonald in the you know in the tournament that much, other than matchups. But like, honestly, what's what's the big deal about the matchups? It's I don't I don't look that deep into it. I'm sure Rory doesn't either. I think he's more mad that he. I think he's more mad he just got shorted. Well, he, because he won. <laughs> he won the fight. Did you see his reaction when he heard, when they made the announcement? He's like, I did. 
Yeah, he like threw his hands up. He's like, what's going on? You know, <laughs> like you hear people all the time being like, MMA judging, MMA judging. This is the one time where like if they wanted to point to it, you'd be like, yeah, honestly, that's really terrible. But it is an isolated incident where the wrong person actually won. It really doesn't happen that often in our sport where the wrong person wins. We get some scorecards sometimes that go the other way and it's like, really? And even that's very rare. But to see two scorecards make you go, not just really, but like, for me, it's just, no, it's just no. I, I think they got it wrong. So let's dive into it. The real reason we're here is because of round one. We have round two was unanimous for Rory. That was easily the, the clearest round of the fight anyway. So at least the mm-hmm. clearest round was gotten right. Round three went all to T-Bow, although realistically, that was a close round and I could see it going either way. I think Rory didn't do enough to make it clear that he won that round, so I don't have a problem with him losing it. But yeah, it, it, even there, you can, you can almost make a fight, uh, make a thirty twenty seven argument. I think. Yeah, in I this think fight. I think you can go thirty twenty. You can. <laughs> I think you go thirty twenty seven before you go twenty nine twenty eight. T bow. I yeah. We yes. got from two judges because of round one. Um, the two judges who saw round one for Glace and T bow are Dave Torelli, North Jersey guy, uh, and Donnie Carolay, who of course also works in in Jersey a lot. This was in Atlanta City. The out judge here who saw it for McDonald, the hero of MMA judging in this case, Eric Cologne. Yes. Eric who had a busy Cologne. weekend. He was over in Vegas a couple days later. He's like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I got to go. I got to get out of Jersey. <laughs> I mean, honestly, he, he's not the one. No one chased him out. You know, he no. he's the one that I think everybody was like, yeah, at least at least he's like one of the top judges and, and typically goes out to Vegas and all this stuff, too. Uh, and, you know, and that's not necessarily to, to slight Dave Torelli, who I think is a solid judge. Uh, Donnie Carolay, I'm I'm less familiar with just because he, uh, you know, he typically only works in this, you know, this region which UFC and major shows don't get to quite as often, and especially Jersey. Um, but you know, I don't think he's necessarily been a poor judge. But we've, you know, we've talked about some scores before since PFL's been there, right? Oh yeah. So I, but it's it, yeah. You know, he wasn't alone. Like honestly, you know, Carolay wasn't alone. Uh, Dave Turley was with him this time. But I think we already know where we side here. But what happened in this round? Break this round down. Listen, if you if the last end of the round doesn't happen, Rory doesn't get the back and and have a deep choke in. I say this is a tough round to score if you just because it's just striking. The striking it's, was it's somewhat a, it's even. It's a lot of striking. Yeah, I think Rory has a, a bit of an edge, but I mean he seals it when he takes the back and he sinks in a rear naked choke. The more and more specifically, I think you know there's obviously a demarcation point in this round because we had the stoppage for the foul, the yeah. eye poke. And I thought before that, Rory looked very good, like quite good, I should say. Not not like he wasn't like standing out, but he was looking pretty solid. You know what I mean? And he was working the body with that, you know, that front kick. Yes. Uh, yeah. Depends how hard you think or how immediately effective you think those are. Yeah. I think sometimes uh-huh. there's too much like emphasis on head hunting necessarily from mm-hmm. from certain people who watch. And I'm not saying judges specifically, although in this case, maybe it was. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Rory is working different zones of the body you know he's working the head he's working the body he's working the legs you know he's doing a lot of different things here mixing his offense you know yeah and t-bow he was having these big bursts he really just had like the one major burst that i specifically stood out for me anyway right after the eye poke i I don't know how many punches he actually landed to the head i don't either but they were definitely i don't trust the numbers on their screen though by the way anything pfl has on their screen like it's it is what it is they're miles per hour (laughs) Dude, it it looks like when you watch a PFL broadcast, 
like most of the stuff is very slick and everything like that but then you look at like the actual overlays like the the hud on top of the 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 fight itself and it's like watching cnbc there's like tickers all over the place it feels like it's, that anyway yeah. it's there's way too much going too on too much going just on. just minimalize this stuff it does, we don't need that much the clock in the round and the fighter trunks that's it if you want to pop up stats even more frequently than the ufc does okay fine you know, I'd almost even understand it if, and I would hate this because I hate when things don't don't go straight widescreen. But like, even if they wanted to do like some sort of like vertical bar off to the right of the screen, and it had all that stuff, so it was like completely off the screen, like NASCAR kind of. I don't watch much NASCAR. I assume, yeah, is that like what they, they have? Do a, then? They yeah. have a, on the side of their screen. There's a vertical of the current position. Sure, we'll we'll go with that. That makes sense to me. Because at least if you want to look at it. You can avert your eyes from the action a little bit and you go see that. And then you can come back and there's mm-hmm. nothing there. But here, there's just way too much going on. Take it. You got you to gotta simplify this stuff. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. To this round, yeah, I mean, like you said, the striking was honestly, it was pretty close. I, I thought it was. I still was leaning to Rory McDonald here. Still leaning here. Rory. You know, Waterboy, Aries, whatever his nickname is these days. It's neither of those, I don't think. What is he now? I forget his nickname. Uh, he changes it all the time. Was he Clark Ken at one point? No, I don't remember that one, actually. Uh, I don't know. Um. Anyway, he's, you're not I, supposed I still to remember the water boy. You're not supposed to pick your nickname. <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was a very close round. But I still leaned that way. And then, like you said, the fight gets to the ground, and it's so clear now because of what he does down there. He, he had the choke in. It was a good choke. It was in. It was a good choke. <laughs> he didn't get the finish, but that is not uh, that's effective offense. I'm sorry. So what? And very effective offense. And. It's like that part of the round was ignored, it seems. It, it feels that way. Like, I don't know what the methodology was. I don't know what the thinking was from, from Judges uh, Carolyn and, and Torelli here. I don't, you know, I I just don't see it. And I haven't been presented with a, a an explanation that makes enough sense to me that it would be a reasonable score to go in the opposite direction of Rory McDonald here. I just haven't seen that from... You know, anyone I've spoken to, anyone I've heard from secondhand, you know, anybody, uh, you know, not that we go by social media much because they're crazy, but it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. I tend to, um, Big John tends to answer a lot of questions about scoring. And he's always got a good opinion. And he does. He's and a strong opinion. So I, I, I haven't seen any, I haven't also searched really for his opinion on this or if he even offered one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd be interested in see what he had to say. Yeah, I, I hadn't noticed anything he had weighed in on maybe maybe he didn't watch it i'm not sure um uh, maybe he did but i'm sure he's at least heard about it just from you know oh, he had the, to the, hear the officiating it. community which he is very much a part of mm-hmm. he, he is integral uh a part of and and cares very deeply from my understanding is he will put aside his life to make sure that he's involved in things that you know have to do with officiating that kind of thing he's like no 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 it's important you know even now mm-hmm. so you know anyone who doubts john mccarthy's commitment to what's going on <laughs> I, I don't think you can doubt that part. You know, any anyone you know, if you want to have criticism of Big John, that's your thing. But the one thing that I'm understanding is he is totally dialed in even today. Very much cares. Mm-hmm. But back to this particular round, yeah, I just I don't get it. I don't see it. I think they got it wrong. I and you know, you hear talk of appeals. I don't believe Rory has actually filed a formal appeal yet. Maybe he will. Nothing's going to be done, from my understanding. Like, what can you do? You can't. You can't argue that there's some sort of like fixing in the judging or something like that, which is realistically like 
I think the bar that has to be cleared. I'm not entirely sure. Of yeah, that. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what the bar is to be cleared, but like realistically, when it's when it comes down to scoring, I don't think he's got any recourse. I just t- I yeah, think he's t- basically just going to register a formal complaint, and then that's that will basically be it. Nothing and, will change. And we've seen in the past promoters have given win bonuses in situations like this. But that's not the point. I so, think, but but I'm saying if he does get his win bonus and he doesn't miss the playoffs. Yeah, he didn't miss the playoffs. He had basically locked it up. Honestly, I don't think he actually needed to do anything in this fight. I think he had already locked it up even before he stepped in the cage. Realistically, he could have gone out there and slammed Tebow with a groin kick three seconds in and then ended the fight, and they each would have gotten a point, and he would have been in the playoffs. (laughs) And he would have been better off probably (laughs) than that. (laughs) I mean, Tebow wouldn't have, but... (laughs) Then you see people, of course, saying, oh, you know, it, this is this is the universe righting a wrong because Gleason Tebow beat Khabib in that fight, which I I'm think pretty, we actually I think agreed. when we went back. I, no, I, I thought I still had it for Khabib. I think I had it for Tebow. Yeah, I think you did. I think we were split on that one. But it, I mean, that was a close fight. That doesn't matter. This was not a close fight. Not a close round. Yeah, not a close round, too. Which is not, a, I mean, it wasn't a close fight, you know, yeah. realistically. Like, there's, there's two rounds here that you and I are both saying, no, it shouldn't have gone the other way. That doesn't make it a very, well. You can make it a close fight, but on the whole, it was not a close fight. The The right guy did not win, you know, on the scoring. He didn't win, you know, period. It was, I, I'm not happy with this one. Um, but look, sometimes these things happen in MMA, as as <laughs> someone once said. Uh, very rarely, uh, again, I think we're blessed that this is the rare occurrence. And uh-huh. I don't think a lot of people understand that is that this really is rare where the wrong guy or or gal loses, or excuse me, wins the fight. It's just... It's unfortunate. It happened this but... time. But again, it didn't cost Rory a spot in the postseason. That would have been tragedy because a million dollars is up for grabs. That's not the case here. Tebow didn't even get into the postseason because he needed a finish to get in, and that didn't happen, so... Mm. Yeah. It's funny. Actually, he... My understanding was once the fight got to the third round, he was eliminated from the playoffs. And that was when he actually won the unanimous round on the judges' cards. Mm-hmm. So he was just waiting for the weight to be lifted off his shoulders. That's like, it, All right, yeah. now I'll tell you. Yeah. But it didn't matter because he got the win. <laughs> Whatever. I think that's enough PFL. I don't think we need to necessarily go deep into the uh, the playoffs and all that stuff for this one because no. we do have some contested rounds to talk about. And we obviously spent a lot of time on this particular fight. But you know what? Before we leave, you and I both saw it for the uh, the uh, out judge here. What does that mean, sir? Couchside override. <laughs> a super couchside override. A yeah, super couchside override. And then you know what? Rory can at least feel good about that one. He, he got the couchside <laughs> override. We'll, well, maybe we'll send him an honorary judgey at the end of the year. Yeah, he got. Th- whenever we find out what that is. Three out of two. I mean, three out of five. Three out of five. Yeah, me, you, and Eric Cologne. Yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> that is that is how the couchside override works. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on. We got UFC to talk about. We got we got eight rounds to talk about. And a lot, you know, a lot of them were actually in fights that kind of mattered or were at least interesting fights as far as what why it was scored one way or the other, right? Yeah. So let's dive in first to one that actually it didn't matter, but I thought this was the one that had the biggest huh factor to it, uh, and that was uh, Virna Joba getting the. TKO win after round two by a doctor stoppage. Uh, Kanemako Murata's arm wasn't really working anymore. Yeah, that was right strange. call to stop it. Oh, definitely, absolutely, right. you have to stop that. And, and she was down on the cards anyway on two of three judges' scorecards. So you know, one arm. She's not going to go out there and win the third round. Doctor and and officiating officiating crew they did the right thing in stopping that fight, protecting the fighter, let her live to fight another day, so to speak. But round one. 
if this somehow did go the distance, we would have seen that this round was part of the decision and people would have been like, huh, what happened here? And that was round one where only two out of three judges, Sal D'Amato and Derek Cleary, saw it for Jandy Doba. And Adelaide Bird saw it 10-9-4 Murata. This was a little peculiar, and that definitely got a lot of eyebrows raised among people who like look at all these you know non-decision scorecards. What do you think of this? I think this is a bad score. You know, it's funny. Before we before we go deep into why you think it is, I'm going to say to you that I don't think it's a good score, but I almost see it. I would say this was a close but clear round rather than some sort of like absolutely clear round. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. I, I, well, I, give, go into why. Go into why you had it. First exchange, Murata's hurt. Yeah, she had it good. And after that, let me bring it to that. I was frustrated after that. Okay. Because Jandy Dobe stops fighting. <laughs> and we just saw. So you're mad at the fighter. We just saw a long heavyweight fight. We just saw Semmelsberger and Williams go to a decision. And I'm like, all right, I need a quick finish here. Oh, so this was very selfish because you just wanted a break. So I'm like, yeah. Can, okay. Let me get a break here. All right. So I'm frustrated at the fighter, Jandy Doba. Then she pulls guard. And as she pulls guard, she eats some good shots from Murata. They were really good shots, They too. were good. But that's all Murata had. Mm-hmm. She gets attacked. She attacks a triangle. She attacks another arm bar. And then she gets the deep arm bar. That ends up breaking or dislocating Murata's arm. And she's in that arm bar for quite a long time. Somehow survives it. I mean, I, I just don't see the argument for Murata. Here's the reason why I don't go... And again, I completely agree with you that this is a Janji Doba round. I'm with you. I'm not trying to say it should be Murata or something like that. But if I'm putting myself in Ms. Bird's shoes, it's entirely possible that she weighed that exchange kind of on the ground right right when she transitioned with the, the pulled guard as a heavy striking, you know, big damage situation, right? So let's start I. there. Let's, uh, let's just start there. Just, okay. just go walk with me here. So let's say that, that that is the argument, which realistically, that is the only argument I think you can actually make for Murata winning this round is you're giving a lot of weight to that, right? It's, it's truly the only thing you could say. Agree? That's it. Yeah. Right. So now that she's down there and there's the grappling exchange with the arm bar and that kind of thing, depending on the angle with which Bird is seeing this, if she's looking at the monitor, you know, I think, I believe they all have monitors for this one because it's Vegas and they should all have monitors. So they're seeing what we're seeing, but you can understand potentially how someone might not be able to get a good look at how deep that arm bar actually was. I'm just making a small devil's advocate case here, I think. Well, I don't like the devil. Well, that's okay. I'm just uh, she's completely your, defensive. She's there. completely defensive. Like it's uh, coupled with her getting rocked in that first exchange. Maybe those ground strikes even that up. Yeah, but that armbar it wins. It it, it completely made Murata defensive, and, and I, I just it, again I agree. I'm I'm really just, just trying to see it through uh, Bird's shoes here, and like I don't think it's a great score, but I definitely think that this is a much easier to defend score than even the T-Bow. Uh, round that we just spoke about. I actually think it's, this is this is a much more defensible score. Funny thing, obviously we know I don't in hindsight think... how damaging that armbar was, but I don't think we even realized that by the end of the round. Which no, you, know, you can't you can't actually obviously hindsight, it, and you know that, right? But I'm just saying, like we know it was a solid attack. Sure, it looked like that to me. I agree. Like if it wasn't a solid attack, she pulls her arm out and she's on top throwing punches again. Yeah, and that didn't happen. Totally. I mean, I. I, I think both score. I mean, I would say the McDonald's fight was worse, but I the, this one's not too far behind in my eyes. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I understand that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to savage Bird on this one. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, she's been great. She's been. Doing she really a great has, job. especially so, the last few years. Data even backs that up. It's, but but this yeah. one, I think, is a slip up. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you you can't feel that way. Of course, but especially as far as rounds that we talk about, this was definitely the much further away from a defensible score than we talk about generally. Yeah, that and that's totally fair. Um, but at least it didn't matter because Jenny Doba was already up. She probably would have won the third round because her opponent only had one arm. But it didn't matter because the fight was stopped. Rightfully so. Good yeah, for, that was a good stop. Good stoppage. Everything done well. Let's move on though. We've got a round that. First off, the the main event here. Chan Sung Jung getting the unanimous decision win over Dan Ige. Clear win for him. But I think you can make a case for Ige getting even two rounds here. One and four. Yeah, those are the rounds that I saw potentially for, for Ige. Actually, I had him scored that way. Round one was the one that all three judges saw that way, although all three judges also had two through four for Jung. I don't want to go crazy in round four because the judges saw it that way, and I'm just going to trust them. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I, I I think we have to. You know, that's kind of been our policy mm-hmm. on this show that, look, if all three judges saw it that way, it's for good reason, we're probably just wrong, you know? Yeah. They know more than we do. They have more information than we do. It is what it is. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. That's, you know, especially these judges. Derek Cleary, Mike Bell, and Sal D'Amato are excellent judges. They're, they're probably three of the, you know, four or five judges that I would most want scoring my fight. So you got to defer to them. Round five. This is where I think it's a little trickier, right? Yeah, this is a trickier round. I think people did see this as a close round. I didn't see it as quite as close as some people did, but Sal saw this one for Dan Ige, and most of us saw it for, including the other two judges, Cleary and Bell, saw it for Jung. I did, you did. What happens in this round, and can you make a case for, for, for Ige here? So I originally thought it was super clear for Zombie. Okay. And that's how I scored it. Uh, I still I had to go back and rewatch it just to get notes on on it. Yes. And refresh myself. But I still scored it for Zombie. But the first three minutes of that f- round, Ige's winning, and he's landing some heavy shots. I would agree. Yeah, that makes sense. I just don't think he's pulling that far away to the point where after Zombie gets the back full body triangle and he's attacking a choke pretty much for the remainder of the fight that he would win on the first three minutes of his strikes that he didn't really pull that far away with. In my eyes. I didn't think so either. And But I, I will say, because you know it's kind of that length of time kind of thing, you say, okay, who, who was winning the round more of the time? Where was it more often? You know, it was on the feed. It's like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe the striking does it here. I don't know if that's as rudimentary as judges typically see it. But in that sense, you can kind of understand the argument, right? I can understand the argument for Ige. I see it. I mean, how heavy is, is Sal D'Amato weighing those punches that Ige's landing. Sure. And he knows he knows how hard they're landing better than we do at home. Like at home, there. I imagine they can't be much more than just an annoyance. But who knows? He's right. Like you said, he's right there. He, mm-hmm. he can judge the impact. Maybe he saw something stronger than we saw. And realistically, Zombie never got close with a choke, but he was constantly attacking it. He was offensive and he was from so, a very dominant position. And, and body triangle is... Is something too like this Bro. counts as, as it is effective not grappling. fun no especially if you're a fat guy <laughs> and well, you get stuck in a body triangle because it's already hard enough for them to lock it up on you and then now it's super tight because your belly's in the way and you're like i just want to tap to this it sucks then uh keeping yourself out of this sir i don't believe we're any fat guys oh, in this fight sorry, that's true but it's still it's not fun <laughs> yeah i i think i think i feel good about this one being a Jung round. I, I side I sided with Cleary and Bell. I understand the argument against him and, and for Ige, but 
yeah, it is what it is. This is, you know, a rare time in which D'Amato is in the minority among the judges, and it didn't matter because he had three rounds for Jung banked. It didn't matter. It truly didn't yeah, matter. Yeah, truly what, didn't matter. None, for none of the judges because it was it was three to one coming into this one, unless it was going to be a ten eight. And actually, well, realistically, a ten eight. Yeah, it was. If unless it was a ten eight, then it would have been a draw. But I mean, we weren't even remotely close to that. So this it was round, a round didn't someone matter. said was definitely a ten eight for some. Oh, I think it was <laughs> round three. Was someone what they were said, trying to make yeah. the case for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this fight in particular. <laughs> My score for round one got up on TV. Uh, I gave it for Ige 10-9. The other two scores that were presented on TV, I believe, were from Aaron Bronstetter and uh, Brett Akimoto. I- I'm almost positive that's who it was. I didn't go back and watch it, but uh, they also they both had it for Jung. And so once my score comes up there, and then my notifications on Twitter start blowing up with a bunch of people saying, you know... <laughs> was this your first day watching fights and, and, and all this stuff one guy in particular and i don't want to give him a platform because he it has like what nine people that know him on the planet um but he he invades my uh my dms to to lay into me with like eight or nine messages this is all while the fight's going on so like at this point he stopped watching the fight more or less to be able to like go at me for my score being so dumb to give jung or to give ige the first round, which all three judges and half the media saw for Ige. It's it. I mean, it's so not like I was on an island on this one. It was like, especially all like the, you know, the, kind of the typical main guys that, you know, we end up seeing their scores get up on TV. I know they do a lot of the, the fights every week, Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and Rob Tatum and, and Sean Sheehan. You know, these are kind of the main guys alongside me, probably who get their scores up there very often. And, and this is more or less kind of what they exist to do during fights on fight nights so (laughs) it was it was just hilarious to see people go so crazy about this i'm like guys first off even if you thought it was junk it's a close round what are you going crazy about yeah like this is close that's not the hill to die on Uh, it just it just (laughs) makes me laugh when people do that i'm (laughs) like i after i noticed it i I was i just kind of tagged some of those guys and i was like uh I'm I'm uh, I'm taking the bullet for this team on this one. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, I was taking the heat for it or whatever. I don't know. That stuff makes me laugh. When people try to like br- they think they're going to like insult me or bring me down on social media, like you don't understand my values. <laughs> you really don't know where I place social media in my hierarchy of my <laughs> of my self-esteem. It is so so low on my priority list. <laughs> so please if you're listening to this and you think that you're going to get me, just do, do, channel it somewhere else. And honestly, Dan loves these things. He loves to engage in trolls. You, yeah. want, you want to come at him? Come at him. He would love it. I would enjoy it yes, very much. Would. With, with, you always ask me. You're, you like want to get into mine, and I'm like, ah, leave it alone. I know. I try. <laughs> anyway, we, we've, still, we've got some rounds here. I think we move on to uh, a split decision, actually. This was obviously a fight where we had Scores that impacted the winner of the fight. Um, not a robbery. Certainly not a robbery. Nothing close oh, no, to the no. wrong winner necessarily no like we had in the the first fight. Uh, but we've got a couple rounds in, in uh, Nicola and... Negamurano. Uh, N- Negamurano. Yeah, thank you. I, it's, it's, that's a tricky name. Uh, I'm sure if I practice it enough, it's. It, it, I mean, it's pretty much how it's spelled, right? Uh, but he got the win, split decision over Alexa Kamer. Oh, no, it's Negamariano. Negamariano. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So yeah, round one and round two are the split rounds here. Everyone had Negamarianu in round three. No questions there, but we'll, we'll we'll dive into round one. Two judges saw this one for Kamer, 10-9. That was Eric Cologne and uh, Tony Weeks. 
And the third judge uh, here was Mike Bell, who saw this for Negamirano. What did you see? I went with uh, Negamirano. I thought it was a very close round. What it is was, a close round. What was funny about this round was Kamer came out and he was like sharp, very super tec- sharp, very technical. Great. And then Negamirano hits him, rocks him a little bit, and all the sharpness went out the window. And he's like, "We're just brawling now." That's fine. And uh, <laughs> let's just let's just throw down here. I throw technique out the window, and they're both landing super strong shots throughout. And I, I thought Negamirano rocking. Camer, even I maybe not even call it a rocking, just wobbling a tad bit. Uh, put it over for me. I actually went the other way. I saw this one for Camer. I thought, and and I totally see the argument in this round. This is a very very close round because we have kind of like you said, like the first part of the round where where Camer's landing really well and he's landing with great effect. Mm-hmm. There's great immediate impact on his strikes. It's not like he had him rocked, but I mean everything you're you're watching land and it's landing clear and it's landing well. So I mean the, even a even the jab was really working really well for him early. But yeah, I, I just I don't know that I saw Negamarianu take back what he was behind on. Okay. You know, I I think it really just comes down to that. Like, do you think he did enough to outweigh what was happening early? I mean, you know, there was there was more back and forth than that. But yeah, I, I didn't quite think it got there. That's fair. So it's this is this is one of those really it's just, you know, how do you perceive the action in this round? And I don't think there's a way to necessarily sit here and say definitively that guy was wronged. It should have been his <laughs> round. I, I think if you're sitting there on either guy, like, I mean, what what are you basing it on? I really want to hear that. So, yeah, we disagree here, you and I. That's fine. I have no problem with it. Round two, though, again, two out of three judges saw this for Kamer. So we have two rounds in a row in which Kamer technically won the round in a fight he lost. Yeah, can't, yeah, I did notice that was weird on the scorecard. We've seen one these those, before, yeah, though. We get these every ones. now and then. I always think of uh, the one that really comes to mind is it's actually a five round fight with uh, Valentina Shevchenko, who lost in her rematch with Amanda Nunes. Because if you go by you know the round by round like this, you actually get three rounds in which Shevchenko won the majority of the judges' cards. Mm-hmm. So, and I I keep on trying to like brand this, come up with like a name, you know what I mean? Like just mostly because it's such a weird it thing is, that I don't want is. to explain. So, the, I, one hit me today. I'll I'll see what you think. Calling, let's say, if you wanted to refer to this as a fight where technically, in this particular case, Kamer like won, so to speak, because he won two out of three rounds on two out of three cards, right? Mm-hmm. An alternative decision. Alternative. An alter- alternative, oh, okay. like alternative facts. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's not true. The guy didn't win. We know that because that's not what the rules are. But again, like I say, from a certain point of view, you can kind of look at this and say, yeah, I mean, Kamer kind of has a case to have won. Yeah. I mean, after we after we discuss this second round, I think we can briefly discuss another reason he may have or should have won. Sure, sure. But yeah, well, why don't we get into round two then? Because yeah. like I said, two out of three judges, it was Cologne and Bell this time. Uh, Tony Weeks was the out judge who had it for Mega Marianu. Negu Marianu, excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, did, are we, what did you have here? Who'd you have? I, I also scored it for Nega Marianu. Tony so you have Nega Marianu wearing all three rounds. Yes, Dan Ur, uh, Tony Weiss gets the Dan Urban override. Okay. Along with Mike Bell for round one. Okay. Because I matter. I mean, <laughs> you matter to your parents. Yeah. You, know, you matter to me too. <laughs> I, you matter, sir. So I, I think... Um, I think he landed a bit more solidly. This is another close round, and they're both landing good shots. Mm-hmm. I think the knees against the fence were what put it over for me. For Nega Mariano, I thought those were pretty solid. I also gave Mike uh, Beltran a 10-9 in this round for his slap <laughs> of the hand of Nega Mariano. Okay. 
Um, yeah, this this is a fight marked by just a ton of cage grabs. And, this, and yeah. It was like four or five times, and then eventually, like with like three seconds to go in the whole fight, <laughs> Mike Beltran stops the action to to very sternly scold Negamarianu for grabbing the fence the whole time. Like, I'm gonna take a point next time. Like, I mean, yeah, with thirty we're, we're seconds, done. the fight's left, yeah. over. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but I. I kind of get why, especially in this fight, they didn't want to do it because there weren't really any takedowns being stopped by it. It was like he mm-hmm. was just there grabbing it, which I mean, that just that to me just speaks with a, like almost like a lack of training, a lack of experience with the cage. Or he might do it in training. Where Maybe he, he just does. It's just, yeah. That's his reaction. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's and he's not you're not going to get corrected because you can't see it. all. The time, I understand so. the natural reaction to grab it when you're there. Like, I, I totally do. But like, also, it, I mean, it is the rule. You kind of got to stop doing it. But anyway, mm-hmm. I I get why it didn't get to the point of a, of a foul here. But I almost wish that there was something we could do. Sean Sheehan, I know, floated the idea of giving a position which, of choice, a uh, position of choice, which uh, that seems a little too far. But uh, like maybe maybe you could start them in like half guard or something like that, like mm. a, like a, a semi neutral ish position. Yeah. You know, um, well, I don't think he's not exactly. I don't neutral, think he was saying I mean. you can have a dominant position. I think you can just start start on the ground and guard start with the clinch up against the fence or start separate standing i see okay i okay. think those were the three i see okay yeah yeah that makes sense um but i understand i mean they, this was something that was discussed at the mm-hmm. uh california officials meeting a couple months back that you and i got to sit on it sit in on and i understand the argument for not doing that but mm-hmm. i mean at the same time i kind of look at basketball and it's like well they get fouled if they if it was five team fouls they go to the, fa- the free throw line even though they didn't take a shot Mm-hmm. You still get the chance to make points, right? I no problem with that. I mean, this is—it's obviously we're talking about apples and oranges, but I don't think that would be a problem. Let's say, gosh, let's say it was like three times they grabbed the fence. Like at this point, come on, give them something. Yeah. So we straight a bit. Follow so the rules. Who did? Who did you score around two for? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So get to getting back here. I did have this one for Kamer again. I, okay. I I sided with the minority in, or excuse me the majority in both rounds, although mm-hmm. it was different people each time. So no. I, I didn't weigh those knees that you were talking about and the strikes against the cage quite as heavily as you did. I didn't think the punches were. I thought the knees were were pretty good. The knees were fine, but I don't think they outweighed what was going on in the punching scenarios from distance. And I thought Kamer was winning this. I thought thought it was close. I I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't close, but I do think I, I actually thought that this was an easier round to decide the winner in for me than the first round. Okay. I did. I did. I I really felt I See, this is what probably my toughest. Maybe not even round. close, but clear. Just it was a close round, but I gave it to Cameron. This was uh, this was probably my toughest round. Okay, well, I can understand why because I think you're a little round, more wrong. Than round the other three one. was my easiest because <laughs> round three was a similar round. Yeah, and Cameron just didn't do as much. Sure. So I thought round three was easy. Round two was tougher. Yeah, that's fine. But you know, obviously, it didn't matter because the uh, we had the winner here being Nick Mariano. I I feel like Cameron had a really strong case to say that he won this fight what was it you wanted to say though by the way you said you uh, well we about... got into it with mike beltran did, that's what okay. i want to say he could say he had a case because a point should have been taken maybe. i see i see yeah or but we'll see. i don't even look at it like that i i just i feel like kamer realistically actually had the overall better performance and, and it's because of the first two rounds but he also didn't win the third round and that is why he lost the fight was because there was one definitive round and then you had the first two rounds being, you know, split, but with different judges each time. So mm-hmm. when that happens, we get these these alternative decisions. Alternative decisions. Alternative decisions. Let's let's roll with thing. that for now. Maybe it's we'll, be a thing. It's it totally is going to be a thing. Everyone's going to be talking about <laughs> it tomorrow. 
Uh, people don't listen to the show. They're just going to hear about it word of mouth. Uh, <laughs> let's move on, though. We, this uh, this next fight, it was a unanimous decision here, but we do have two rounds from it. It was the co, not the co-main event. It was the, what was it, the third to last fight? Yeah. Or was it the co-main event? What was the co-main event? Co-main was Alexei Olnick and Yes, Sergei that's right. Thank you. I'm, I'm getting myself all mixed up here, sitting here. Uh, but yeah, Marlon uh, Chito Rivera got unanimous decision over Davy Grant. Uh, and this is one of those fights where it totally makes sense that we had some different scorecards here, you know? Mm-hmm. I understand it completely. Uh, but let's get into what they were. Round one was split with two out of three judges seeing this for Grant, 10-9. Rick Winter and uh, Bell again on this one. The uh, minority judge here was Cleary seeing it for uh, Cheeto. Who'd you see it for? I saw it for Grant. Okay, yeah, me too. It was decently close, but I, I thought the effectiveness from Grant was was better. He's going head, body, legs, all good shots. Cheeto had good offense, just not good, not good enough, really. So I think specifically, if you're giving the round to Vera, you're seeing that the leg kicks are very effective. That's it really that's what it comes down to me as. That's probably an oversimplification, but I look at those leg kicks and they were very good. They were very strong, but I just didn't think it outweighed, you know, the overall volume of the strikes and you know and solid impact that we're getting from Grant here. I thought this was a good round for Grant, although I do see the case. Yeah, you can make the case. Totally get it. You right. know, Cleary's you know, he, Cleary's in the clear. <laughs> Never heard that before. <laughs> uh, on this one, I have no problem with it going the other way. But yeah, I, I I do feel good about my Grant score here. Round three, this is where we have the potential for a 10-8 after a round two for Vera tied the fight up, uh, you know, on, on two out of three cards. Anyways. How did you go? Did you see that this is getting all the way to the 10-8? Yeah, I did. Okay, me too. I, I thought strong 10-8. Well, not strong 10-8, but... I thought it checked all the D's. I felt solid with it. Yeah, so, I, I think you could check all D's. And it was for me, I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm like, this is a good 10-9 round for a while. And then later on, like right near the end, probably in the mm-hmm. last like 30, 45 seconds, I'm like, it's a 10-8. We're watching a 10-8 here. It was, I mean, he started strong. Mm-hmm. Good sub attempts early. Good ground and pound. I mean, Grant had that glimmer of offense op- uh, early, but Farrell was just beating him up everywhere, really. Yeah, it was shut down. And then once, once he gets the back, Towards the end, like you're saying, sinks in that that choke. That just seals the 10-8 for me. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think this is the way to go here. Um, we have Rick Winter uh, in the minority here seeing it for uh, a 10-9 for Vera. Cleary and Bell saw this one for a 10-8. You know, 10-8s are always... 10-8's in a weird place right now. It just is. You know, we see a lot less consistency in what a 10-8 really means anymore. Although, realistically, I thought this was what meets the decision or meets the definition of even kind of this, you know, sort of new definition that we're almost starting to see in scoring fights for a 10, eight. So I, it's fine. It doesn't matter. It, you know, it's, it's not like the you're wrong just guy talking won. about, yeah, you're, and, so. and it's round three. So, you know, you're already giving him the fight. It's like, well, what to, to what degree you're almost to, to, to give a 10, eight or a 10, nine here. You're kind of just talking about precedent for what defines a 10, eight. Pretty so much. Yeah. It's kind of splitting hairs, but I mean, that's what we do, right? I would have liked this to what see. We do. <laughs> I would have liked to see the unanimous ten eight. I would have too. I think he earned it, but it is what it is, and I think you you can defend all three scores that came out of this. It's um moving on though. One more split decision we have, and that was just because of one particular round, the heavyweight fight. Which for a heavyweight fight between a bunch of uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say fat guys, but you know, larger uh men with a little bit of extra poundage on them, so to speak, which is a good way to describe myself too i'm um, you know probably not quite as uh soft 
as some of these men, but I, I could I could stand to lose. Yeah, I think I think Martinez weight is wrong. Rookie they? Martinez, you, you think they're, they're uh, I think screwed that, up his weight? Yeah, I do. So you think the scale lied? I don't think he's two forty something. <laughs> he looks well, supposedly some, but, he lost some weight. I think they said. I don't. I think he's bigger. Okay, I'm just saying. Maybe he had a giant meal the next day after weighing for no particular reason. <laughs> maybe he cut for he some reason. <laughs> maybe he cut just, like just maybe he cut like twenty pounds. Just cause. At, just under for no reason. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the winner on this one was not Roki Martinez. It was Josh Parisian. 29-28's all the way. Round three was the deciding round after the first two rounds went one or the other. How do you see it, sir? Who do you think won this fight? I scored it for Martinez, but I, I don't necessarily think he pulled pulled away in this round at all. No, he didn't. Even so, though he he lands a ton of like total strikes, if you look at those mm-hmm. numbers here, but most of those strikes are not even close to the fight-ending variety. Dom Cruz was harping on the numbers very early in the card. And I was nervous that this was going to be, you know, the theme of the night I had to put out. I said, listen, these strikes are mostly pitter patter, but the UFC is counting them as strikes well, you know, as total you, strikes landed. You know, so. what the first tweet I made of the night was what? Oh, damn it. It's Dom. Because <laughs> <laughs> I realized he was on the broadcast. I was like, ah, darn, darn it. <laughs> so, Every time he's on, it's just he's, and he's so knowledgeable, too, about. Very many things in the sport, but he talks about everything like he knows. And there are some things he truly just does not know at all. And that's why I wish he was off the live broadcast. I don't think he does well there. He's so, he's so good in an analyst booth. He is. Uh, so. and, and he's really good at breaking down when they do those technique videos mm-hmm. and things. Oh, I love it. I love when he does that stuff. Mm-hmm. More of it, please. Actually, have him film some during the fights so that he can't call them. <laughs> that would be fine with me. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, this is... This is totally a round that, even though I saw it for Martinez as well, just like you did, and, and Eric Colon is the one who saw it uh, for Martinez uh, among the judges, Junichiro Camillo and Tony Weeks had it for a Parisian. I don't feel married to this in one at all. Very close. I think Parisian, I think this was Parisian's round to lose. He had good shots early. Yes. And then he decided to go with the stalling and run the clock out and just yeah. hold him against the fence, yeah. not doing anything against it. Martinez started landing some good shots, and when he was against the fence, he was at least active, landing so- landing something. Yes. But he, like we said, he just wasn't pulling it's away. It's pitter-patter. Yeah, it doesn't count for much. It's, most judges, I don't think are going to, most judges, I believe, uh, for those particular strikes, are not going to grade them that high. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what Eric Colon did here, because I can understand why you'd go one way or the other, and we actually did see it for Martinez. Yeah. So. And towards the end, Parisian lands a couple more decent ones, but I mean- it does. It, it's a close round. You really can't be too upset either way. No, if so. you wanted this win, you got to do a little more, I think. So, you know, no matter who won this fight, I don't think either the lo- either loser could have been, you know, whoever lost the fight could have been mad about it. I just don't. No. It's, it's what it is. And if you're getting mad about this one, I mean, that's that's a little silly to me. But you got some serious cash on it. <laughs> yes, you do. That's probably the way. Uh, but we were united on this one. You and I, right? Martinez. Yeah. We had this one for Martinez. Yeah. And it was only Eric Colon who had this one. Yes, he did. So what does that mean? Uh, he's the hero and he gets a couchside override. <laughs> That's two couchside overrides for Eric alone in split decisions, which means he was truly the hero <laughs> of the people this weekend. <laughs> if only they would have listened to him. Listen to him. <laughs> the last round we have, and you know we're we're kind of wrapping up here. The last round we have, this one didn't matter at all in the grand scheme because Cass Williams got a very clear win over. Matt Semmelsberger, Semi the Jedi, 
Round two is the split round here. Two out of three judges seeing it for Semmelsberger, Dave Hagen, and Mike Bell. The third here was Rick Wendt, who saw it for Chaos Williams. Where'd you go, sir? I went Williams, but the more I think about it, I want to rewatch it because I'm yeah. not totally in love with my score. Okay. I, know I mean, I'll tell you, just I went the other way, but I, it's really close. It really is. So I, I remember lots of bursts of offense from Williams, but I also remember... Bursts of offense from Semmelsberger, too. But... N- not much of it, I don't think, was landing all that much. I felt Semmelsberger was being too patient. I think so, too. I and think his corner was kind of saying that, wasn't they? The sh- they? Yeah, the strikes he did land were strong. I just didn't think there was enough of them. And sure. I, I guess I, I may have thought Williams was landing more than he actually was, perhaps. I don't I, think the I'd numbers wanna, are particularly far off, actually. I'd want to I'd wanna rewatch it. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I remember looking at the numbers uh, after I watched it and... I believe Cass Williams on significant strikes, <laughs> which you guys know I love. Um, I believe Williams landed like six more, but I mean, what's six more? That's not, you know, just because somebody landed six more strikes right. doesn't mean they win the round for it. You know, I, I think I think the quality of the strikes that were coming from Semmelsberger actually were better on the whole than Cass Williams. And I believe that's why I gave him the round. So, but okay. really close. You can make the case either way. And it didn't matter because this was the only round you'd really make a good case for Semmelsberger. Chaos Williams won this fight, and he got the win. Yep. Yeah, so no problems there. We're on the opposite sides. No ca- no couch side override in this one. Not happening. Sorry, I didn't go with you. <laughs> but that is it. We have six finishes from this card. Look, at, I thought it was a solid card over the, yeah, on the it was, whole. it was good. Like, we, we've had kind of ups and downs, I think, other than... Uh, I thought each of the last two pay-per-views have been solid, but like the fight nights have been, you know, up and down. This was a much better fight night, I think. Oh, this was a good one. Probably the best in the, yeah. in the last couple of weeks. This was a good one. What was your favorite of the finishes? There were five TKOs and a sub. <clears throat> the opening fight, Casey O'Neill standing rear naked choke, putting uh, Lara Procopio to bed. And that got her a brown belt, I believe. I think she was. Oh, she earned her brown yeah, belt. I think she did. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. And oh, and, and Procopio is a black belt, so. And a lifelong martial artist, as they harped on throughout the broadcast. Solid performance. Both of these women uh, were martial artists, of course, because of their families. So, yeah, no, I I thought it was a great, great way to start the card. It kind of set the tone for what ended up being, like you said, a really solid card. Uh, For me, though, I don't don't think there is any fight on this card that had a better ending than Matt Brown, 40 years old, as he (laughs) let you know. He let you know that, yeah. Crumpled Diego Lima fell straight into his forehead. It was one of those like falls where you're just like, geez, he okay? But he was okay, I think. <laughs> it's like someone pulled the plug out from him and he just turned off. Well, that's exactly what happens that's what happen- when you have brain trauma. Correct. And he was like, oh. He suffered brain trauma. And, you know, I wish Diego Lima all the best in this because this is a serious sport. It's not a game. It's a, it's, it's a sport, but it's, it's not a game. And, you know, I'm sure he'll be okay. Uh, you know, I hope he gets the requisite rest. I hope this is not going to be such a, a bad head injury. <laughs> you know, I don't mean to laugh, but uh, it just, it really was a very impressive performance from Matt Brown. And, and the other thing, someone pointed this out on social media and I forget who, I wish I could credit them, but this was 14 years. That's Caposa, I'm pretty sure. Oh, of course it's Caposa. He the, the man is is very, very, very useful in, in giving us all the information uh, about these fights. But Matt Brown, 14 years apart and a couple months, beat both Lima brothers. He beat Douglas Lima 14 years ago, also by second round TKO. This wasn't ruled a KO? This was a uh, oh, maybe it was a KO. Yeah, I believe it was a KO. Oh, 
Obviously, because there's just no other KO. But I mean, if, look, it was a strikes-based you, stoppage. You thinking like we're family events? Yeah, always we, splitting. We're always splitting hairs when we're saying KO or TKO yeah. because it's it's just a definition of I, I believe the understanding is it's if a fighter cannot defend himself or is not defend himself intelligently. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. I I'm, I don't want to commit to that because I don't want to spread misinformation. But I'm pretty sure that that's what the definition of KO or TKO is. So we're just talking about a classification. You know, we look at Conor McGregor and people are going to be talking about this until Conor McGregor and uh, doesn't play a third fight in a couple weeks. Do you think that Conor McGregor was knocked out or do you think that the f- that he wasn't defending himself enough against Dustin Poirier? What uh, do you think? I think there's a point he goes out. Yes, I do too. I think he um, is knocked clean out, but it's ruled a TKO and are we going to go crazy about it? I I mean, also, yes, we are, but we shouldn't. I also think he would have won. Not won. I'm sorry. I also think he would have. <laughs> the fight was over if he didn't go out. He was going to keep eating shots and the ref is going to say this enough. Yeah. So I mean, it's just stoppage. There's no. Yeah. No one's arguing that the fight was stopped at the wrong time. I don't think. So I don't know. But yeah, I mean, we're, like I said, we're basically just splitting hairs when it's KO or TKO. But but I mean, do you think at like family events, like Douglas is like, well, at least I wasn't clean out. Yes, that's what they're <laughs> going to be discussing. I think in a couple of weeks, they'll have like a 4th of July barbecue. Uh, I know they're in the in the southeast somewhere, either Georgia or Florida is where they train. And uh, more than likely, they're going to be sitting there having some burgers, having some hot dogs and being like, yo, man, Matt Brown didn't get me with a KO. He just got me with a TKO. <laughs> He might. That's what's going to be. No, it's not. I know if I had a brother and we both got finished by the same guy, I would make fun of him. If Is that what you do with your sister? If I had a better way of losing. Let's say it was your sister was just yeah. your brother. Yeah. yeah. That's what you do? Yeah. Okay. I don't have any siblings. I, that's, I, what, that's, that's not how. That's a sibling rivalry. I don't think my boys would do the same. And they, it's just, it's understood. My boys are sweeter than you and your sister. <laughs> They're wait angels. Until, my wait, boys are angels. Wait until one of them chases the other around with the coffee table. <laughs> prefer not sir <laughs> that's a wrap I mean we had a lot to talk about I, I hope it was enjoyable but I mean we had some really excellent things in, that were going on in MMA this weekend and I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about all of them Riley yeah lots to talk about and we'll have some more to talk about uh, on on Thursday as well we'll be back on Thursday we got PFL we got Bellator we got UFC a little busy weekend again take care everybody have a nice week and we'll, uh, we'll you'll hear from us then have a good one